Hey guys, welcome to my channel. Welcome. Uh, today we're going to be talking about type 5 and uh, the subtypes of type 5 or the instincts of type 5. And uh, before we get started, I just want to welcome you to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LaHue and uh, you can check out my website in the description below, uh, TomLahue.com. And there I have a lot of free resources. I'm adding to it constantly. Um, free downloads for you guys and also there's a store there with just some fun t-shirts, Enneagram t-shirts and some links to some books that I would recommend um, as well as um, uh, two online courses that I've just developed. One of them, the happiness information that I covered on YouTube has been developed into a full course as well as a course on getting over being perfect. Uh, we all recognize that none of us are perfect. Uh, some of us have a hard time with that, though. I, and I am working on a uh, Enneagram for Caregiver Certificate course, so that'll be coming up pretty soon uh, as well. Look for that update. Um, on my website, um, as well as free downloads and the store and all that, you can also book Enneagram coaching appointments, and I do uh, appointments with people all during the week from all over the world. I'd love to, to help you or talk with you and encourage you any way I can. Um, and uh, do want to thank uh, all the thank those people that have signed up to be patrons. Um, all the information is is right there in the description below. So let's get into the five, the subtypes or the instincts of the five. Um, and uh, let's start with the uh, self-preservation five, or what is sometimes called the castle five, uh, the boundary five. This is the five that uh, enjoys being at home, feels comfortable at home, or in those places that are safe places, uh, maybe their office, um, maybe their uh, their study, their classroom, wherever they work, they'll have like this place, you know, that's sort of like their area, and they feel very confident and very secure in that area, uh, in their home, in their home environment, uh, sometimes called the castle defender. Uh, they like to have a refuge or a, a lair. I like that word for fives. Uh, begin with saying that, from what I understand, you know, the, the three different subtypes of the five uh, most look like each other uh, compared to all the other subtypes of the other types. So when you take the fives and you divide them up into the three subtypes or the three instincts, you'll have a more difficult time separating these fives than you do, say for example, the three different ones or the three different subtypes of the twos. They're easier to distinguish than the fives. The fives most look alike from my understanding. Um, so the self-preservation five uh, is the most five-ish of the fives or the five that uh, looks like a five. This, this five's uh, focus of their attention is on keeping people at a distance and keeping boundaries in those relationships. It's as if I can attend to people, people are problems, people are difficult, people are challenging, people take up my time. I've only got so much energy. I've got, and you know, fives always kind of, the, 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 one of the ways we understand fives or fiveness is um, sort of that, uh, um, that idea that um, I have limited energy. And since, since they've limited themselves or have those limits on themselves, they tend, you know, their sin is greed or avarice, it's stinginess, it's, well, then I need to maintain what I do have. I need to maintain the energy I do have. I need to maintain the resources I do have. And so they're focused on, on you know, maintaining that energy or keeping that energy and not, you know, dis, dispelling it or losing it with people. Uh, losing that energy on attending to people. And so this five can attend to people and can be present in people's life if those boundaries are intact and if they have a good escape route or the escape hatches available to them. Um, so they're, they feel most comfortable at home 
they feel most comfortable when the boundaries are clearly defined. My role, your role, her role, and everybody stays within their lanes, stays within their limits. Um, they like they they will minimize their connections with others, um, and have and have connections with others. But usually, typically, it's a few close friends, people that they relate to and feel comfortable with and feel confident with. Um, they will have um, a tendency to save or a tendency to kind of live with just-in-case plans, you know, just in case it rains, uh, you need to be prepared. Uh, they, they, they tend to minimize their connections with others and have a few close friends. They, they don't want people coming to them with a lot of questions, coming to them with a lot of needs. Um, and so uh, they can be friendly. They can be very friendly. I've got one of these people in my life, and they can come across very friendly, very warm, probably warmest of the fives, um, they can, can come across very friendly, but don't, I think the caution is don't mistake that, that friendliness for an invitation to friendship. Okay. So think of the friendliness as maybe a little bit like camouflage. Like I'm going to be friendly and warm and kind with you. And now we had a pleasant exchange, right? So now go away. So now move away from me. Um, I didn't give you any reason to get up in my business. So I was friendly. I was kind. I was warm. I was considerate. And, and all of that was a good exchange, so now the exchange can be over and you can move away and I can move back to my safe place or back to my home because it expels energy to have interactions with people. And so this five isn't probably going to want to have as much conflict as, say, for example, the social five. This five isn't going to have as much conflict with people because they don't want to attend to people. They don't want to dispel their energy with people, and so conflict takes a lot of energy takes a lot of dialogue, takes a lot of exchange, and that's what they're seeking to avoid. So they may come across very warm, kind, friendly, and sociable at times uh, in order to sort of have permission to now distance away from you. Uh, but it's not an invitation to more. Their friendliness is not an invitation often to friendship. Not that they don't have friends, but they don't need a lot of friends. That's the whole point of being a five is you don't have a lot of needs. You're not in touch with your needs. You tend to shut down those needs and and have less needs. Um, and so that's why you maintain, that's why they tend to maintain what they have because um, they don't have a need for more. Okay, so they can be friendly as camouflage and they, um, um, and they can adapt their expectations of people in order to sort of minimize their dependency on people. They don't wanna be dependent on people, they don't want people dependent on them. They don't want people intruding on them. Um, you know, social interactions can feel like an intrusion, and so we need to be kind, friendly, and warm with people as to move them away. Now, they may also just come across harsh and direct and blunt with people um, in order to move people away, too, particularly if their friendliness didn't work or their friendliness doesn't seem to be working. Um, they may find ways to hide and withdraw if someone gets too close or the relationship feels threatening or becomes too, what you might say, just interdependent. You know, relationships are interdependent. I need you and you need me and we, we give and take and we, uh, you know, we move together and uh, we depend on one another. And all of that seems kind of, you know, intrusive to this castle five. They feel safe within their walls. This is the five that's least likely to wanna to venture out into the world, least likely to wanna to venture out into unknown places, unknown territories, try new things. This five tends to you know, want to uh, stay, close, stay close to home base. The least communicative of the fives. Of the three fives, this is the least likely to wanna to sit down and communicate and have long conversations, uh, sharing their heart, sharing their, you know, 
uh, even sharing their passions, those kinds of things. The social five is going to be much more communicative in terms of, uh, of sharing information than this five. This fo the focus of this five is not on information. The focus of this five is on keeping boundaries, is on remaining secure, is on keeping others at a distance. Okay. Uh, doesn't want to venture out into the world. Um, okay. Most seemingly warm. Can be caring if their escape routes are sure. Can come across as caring if their escape routes are sure. And escape routes mean like, okay, so we're having a party at work and everybody's gathered together in the break room and we're all, you know, celebrating Marty's birthday, da 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 this five can be friendly if they can, if they know that they can leave that party anytime they want and go back to their desk and sit in private, you know, close their door and be left alone. Um, but if they were forced into the situation, let's say they're depending on somebody else to give them a ride home and they don't have a way out and they, and they're locked into this room with all these other people, then you you might start to see the tension rise or that five might start to feel the tension rise. Uh, within them, but as long as their escape routes are sure, then they they can they can come across a lot more engaging with people because they know they can get away. Uh, if this relationship stays within the boundaries, then this person can probably attend to you. If people don't ask too much, don't demand too much, they don't start asking for things that they don't have a right to ask for, then this five can probably be very ami you know amiable and and even affectionate and and warm with that person. If everybody stays in their in their lanes, they can attend to them. This five likes to be alone. They feel invaded and intruded upon easily. Uh, they don't want to owe things to others. They don't want to be obligated to others. And they don't want others owing to them or feeling obligated to them because they don't want the attachments. Remember, part of fiveness is to be detached. And when people owe you and you owe them, then that creates an attachment. And so we don't want to be attached. We want to be de detached from people. And so we don't want to owe people uh, they can be loyal friends with a few people that they like, um, and they can even reach out and be friendly with everyone in the environment. Um, they want to get things right. They want, like all fives, you know, they want to get things right. They want to get their facts correct. Um, they can be emotionally detached. That doesn't mean they don't feel things. I've had fives comment on my video saying, you're saying fives don't feel their emotions. I think fives do feel their emotions. Um, I'm not saying they don't feel things. I just think that um, um, they're more focused on the intellectual information and the facts than they are on the emotional aspects. Um, and what I mean is, is if there's a disagreement, um, fives are, are going to detach away from all the emotional stuff or they're usually typically going to detach away from all the emotional stuff and then just record the exchange as facts. This Mary said X, Y, Z. Jack said, you know, ABC. And then this person, you know, demonstrated this behavior and this person demonstrated this emotion. And it's going to register as information and facts um, more than feeling all that emotion. Um, they want to make a contribution intellectual, intellectually. Um, and I, I don't know that that's not true of all fives, but they want to make a contribution. But here's the cool thing is these fives, they don't need a, all the credit. Um, they don't need, um, you know, to be a big shot. They don't need, uh, they don't have big ego needs. So they want to make a contribution um, in an intellectual way because of the information they shared. You know, fives go to eight and they save the day with their information. They challenge people with their facts and their information. But this, this five doesn't need, doesn't have big ego needs. They don't need to be, you know, um, looked up to or given the credit as much as maybe, uh, maybe the social five does. They will engage 
in uh, in their work to further their work, but maybe not beyond what is necessary. So they're good at saying, hey, this is how much energy I need to expend in order to finish this. And so I'm going to expend that energy and I'm not really going to go beyond that. Uh, um, they tend to be, they tend to compartmentalize people and jobs and tasks into roles. And so they tend to compartmentalize people into, into their roles and then maybe kind of like leave them in those roles until they need on them. You know, maybe they'll, they'll think to themselves, who's the person that can fix a website? Well, that's Steve. So I go to Steve to fix a website. I don't go to Steve, you know, to talk about my vacation. I don't go to Steve to talk about, um, you know, um, what I ate for dinner last night. That stuff, that information stays with me. And when I go to Steve, it's because he fulfills a role. He, he exists, you know, in my mind as, a, as, as the guy that fixes websites, you know. And so that's why I go to Steve. Steve fills a role. They can be very productive if they see value in their work. They may direct things, but they may want to direct things from sort of a distance. So they may be a manager. They may work over people, but they, they probably are going to want to do that through text rather than phone calls. They may want to do that through emails rather than meetings and conversations because they're going to want to relate to people in a more de detached way. Okay, they don't want to exhaust themselves. And this goes back to that idea that I have a limited amount of energy and I have a limited amount you know, of uh, resources. They don't want to show anger. If they tr and they, they do believe that if it's going to get done, I'm going to I'm have to rely on myself to get it done. I think that might be a little bit of a trait of all fives. If it's going to get done, I have to I have to rely on myself to get it done. If they trust the people they work with, they can be engaged with those people. And again, they like to avoid conflict because they are detached from people. So they adapt uh, to fit in, but they don't really want to be seen. So they want to fit in, blend in, and then move out. Okay. Um, they th there can be a certain level of resentment in these fives because they have to work hard at trying to fit in. They have to work at being nice. They have to work at being pleasant. They have to work at being friendly. And they really hate all this mundane chatter. They really dislike all this mundane small talk, you know, that greases the wheels of relationships. And so there may be a little bit of resentment in these fives that they have to go along with all of this small talk and chatter in order to, you know, to fit in at the office in order to fit in at the school or wherever they work. Uh, they'll go along with it to keep people at a distance, uh, you know, in order to just minimize conflict. They don't want to have to be called into the supervisor's office and have to answer for themselves. Um, all of that seems very, you know, tedious and mundane. And so there may be a little bit of resentment in these fives that they have to play along with all these niceties and play along with all these games in order to just do, go to work and do their job is what they want to do. Just go to work, do my job and be left alone. Okay. Is that too much to ask? And so the walls protect, uh, the boundaries and the walls protect these, these fives from other people's intrusions on them. They don't like surprises. Um, they may express their anger by just withdrawing, simply withdrawing from people and withdrawing from relationships or withdrawing from groups or withdrawing from conversations. They have their guard up all the time. Um, uh, always, you know, assessing whether or not this, this interaction is going to be exhausting, whether it's going to be demanding. Uh, and guard up against people intruding on their space. They're very self-reliant. Uh, they limit their needs. They don't want to depend on others. They live on very little. Uh, they tend to erase their own desires and not give much attention to them so that uh, then they preserve what they already have. And I think, you know, a good example of this five, 
and you know, I really had a hard time going beyond this example, and I'm sure they exist. I just was trying to think about it, you know, uh, who's a good example of this five? I think of Parks and Recreation, Ron Swanson on Parks and Recreation, I think is a good example of what this five looks like. Um, beyond that, I had a hard time coming up with more. I'm sure that there are plenty other examples, but I thought Ron was just a perfect example of what this five looks like in my mind. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to share that one. And, uh, as, as a, as a, you know, as a clear in my mind, example of a castle five beyond that, I'll have to think about it. All right. So let's move on to the social five. Okay. The social five, uh, or sometimes called the professor five. Um, this five, the focus of their attention, you know, on the first one, the self-preservation was on boundaries and on the roles that people fulfill and keeping people in those boundaries and pr protecting yourself, the castle walls, you know. This five is focused on information. This five is focused um, on, uh, the focus of their attention is on mastering the information and on, and on being in the group of people that know. Okay, being drawn to the people that know and being in the group of people that know. I think to some degree this five can look like a seven because they're enthusiastic. You know, sevens are enthusiasts. They find a topic and they just want to know everything and share all that information. This five can look like that because they're drawn to information and they're drawn sometimes to sharing that information. They can be very enthusiastic about their information or enthusiastic about the group in which they belong. Uh, this five could also maybe at times look like a six because they're very group oriented. Like I'm in the group that knows and those people are in the group that, do, that don't know. And so there's us and them. There's, a, there's an us and them about this five. Those that are intelligent, those that are informed, those that are enlightened, and I wanna be drawn to them and be a part of that group. And then, then there are those that don't speak the language, that don't know the code, that are outsiders. And those people, you know, exist outside the, the, the realm of this information. This five is also sometimes called the totem five, like a totem pole. And I think it has to do with the idea, I think the connotation is that this five, you know, there, there is the tribe of people that know that the symbols represent the tribe. And if you can speak in the right words and use the right code and speak in the right language and you understand, you know, whatever that code is, everything from it might be metaphysics or it might be, you know, the code of uh, ancient um, Near Eastern studies or cellular biology, uh, whatever that subject is that they're drawn to, that they've become a professor of, they're drawn to the experts in that field and they want to get close to those experts and they want to be seen as an expert. They want to become an expert. And so those symbols or that language or that understanding becomes the totem for their tribe. And the people that are in that tribe are the people that know and that can speak that language. And then there's all the people that are outside that tribe uh, that don't know that language, that don't reflect that totem or don't, don't, don't have that totem, uh, you know, symbolizing them. So these fives, um, again, I think the professor is a great word for this five because they want to know and then they want to share that knowledge. But professors, you know, have boundaries. And so these fives, of course, being fives, have boundaries. They often, they often express that information from a, a distant perspective or a distant, a distant um, you know, a professor has certain um, office hours and you're not supposed to really engage with them outside those office hours or outside that environment. You know, you don't go bowling with your professor, for example. He speaks, he or she speaks from behind a desk 
And so they speak from behind a, uh, a PowerPoint presentation and they have office hours. And so if you wanna speak with them, you don't just walk up to them and interrupt their conversation. You have to raise your hand and be called on. And so there are certain boundaries you know, that exist and you email them and they email you back. And um, so they, this, this five you know, would wanna share all that information, but they wanna do it from the safety of a radio broadcast or a YouTube channel or, you know, and so there's this, this barrier between me and other people, this barrier between the social five and other people that I'm the expert back here in this room and I speak from this platform, from this stage, I speak from behind this desk and if you wanna make an appointment with me, then you need to go talk to my secretary and schedule that appointment. So there's a boundary, okay, there's a distance. I communicate all this information and it's like a seven, for example, isn't going to have those boundaries. Probably they're going to communicate all that information and then they're going to walk out and give high fives, to everybody, you know, and fives are going to be much more, uh, separated from the, from the, from the people that they are, that they are trying to influence. Okay. There's going to be distance between them and the people they're trying to influence. Okay. Um, so these fives, um, the, also with that idea of totem is I think, you know, that they tend to assume a role or assume an identity in life and then they they live their life through that role or through that identity. Okay, so if they are the professor of, you know, cellular biology, then that's how they live their life in the world as the professor. Or if they're the, uh, what is it, Dr. Uh, one of the guys I subscribe to, I can't remember his name exactly, but he's very much plant-based, whole food, diet, Gregor or something like that, you know, I probably very much a five. I wrote the book on how not to die and, and all that. Um, you know, that's his role. That's who he is. And so every interaction that, you know, you, you see him pop up, it's always going to be in that role. It would be very odd to see him step outside that role, um, you know, and, and, and just be a dad or just be a, a husband or just be, you know, the guy at church that walks past you because everything is lived out through that role. Okay. And fives tend to think, I think like that is that like, I'm that person, that expert when it comes to whole food, plant-based diet. And now every bit of information I give you is going to be as that person. Okay. That professor, that role, they can disdain ordinary life. Um, because they, they can be a little bit exclusive. They can be a little bit, I don't want to say this out loud, but they can be a little bit of a know-it-all. Okay. And, um, and you fives, you know this about yourself. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything you don't already know. And and it's not that they don't know it all. They probably do. They, they, they are drawn to the information. They're drawn to the facts. They are drawn to the, and then they want to help you by giving you that information sometimes when it's not asked for. And that's, you know, when five goes to seven is they can just lunge into conversations and download all this information that may or may not be, uh, you know, uh, may or may not be um, helpful at the time. Um, I call them the dump truck. You know, they come back up that dump truck and all that information dumps out. And it may be more about seeing me as I'm, I'm okay, I'm good and I'm safe and I, I'm all right because I know all these facts and I know all this information, so I'll be okay. And it's like, yeah, but that information may not be pertinent at the time. And so knowing when that information is pertinent and then sharing it at the right time is what makes a five and eight, makes five a challenger, okay? Challenging people's assumptions, pulling out the rug from under their false beliefs, helping them to see that they're on shaky ground and challenging their assumptions. That's what fives do best. Okay, <clears throat> so 
This five is focused on adhering to the ideals of the group they belong to. So they're very focused on their ideals and on the intellectual ideals of that group. Um, they want to further their values and ideals and share those values and ideals and information with others. Okay, uh, usually from a distance. I already said that. All right. So searching for ultimate meaning for life, um, and they sense that things in life are meaningless and mundane. So they want to move away from the meaningless and mundane to something that is, you know, that is meaningful and important. And fives can tend to be drawn, especially this five, can tend to be drawn not just to knowledge, but knowledge that other people don't possess. So they want some niche of knowledge, some niche of information, um, something that sets them apart, something that makes them uh, stand out as, as, as a person who can be useful and helpful and fulfill a role um, that isn't already fulfilled. Fives don't necessarily care about what you know. So it's not just like they're, they're, they, they, they care about information and so they're just happy to soak it up and sponge it up from whoever is sharing it. Um, fives tend to be a little bit, you know, um, uh, interesting in this way is that, you know, they're always seeking out and growing in their information, social fives, always seeking out and growing in their information and their study and their knowledge. They don't necessarily, aren't necessarily drawn to teachers. Um, but they're drawn to knowledge and information, but they're not necessarily drawn to what you know. Okay, they may kind of be frustrated when you start dumping a lot of information on them because they want to be the one that has the information. They want to be the one that is perceived as the person that is the expert in the room. And so if you begin a conversation with a five about information, they're going to move that conversation into what they know and what you don't know. They're not interested in what you know. They're interested in what you don't know. Okay, and they want to share that information with what you know, or with what, what they know. Um, so it's not like, oh, we're just drawn to information. There's a little bit of uh, edge to it, is they're drawn to the information you don't have. Okay, uh, and see, in that sense, it's a fear type. I, I'm safe because I have information you don't have. All right, remember, fives are a fear type, just like sevens. Okay, so I'm not picking on you. I'm with you. I'm in your group. All right, so they like their private space. Uh, but focus their attention is on how to know more about this information and become an expert uh, in this field and work close with others and get close to the experts in this field while maintaining a sense of distance. So as much as they're drawn to the other experts in this field, they still want to maintain that distance from them. So they want to be pen pals, you know, with the experts, but they may not want to go out for coffee every week, you know, and open up their life with this expert. Um, so they care about overarching values that give their life meaning and purpose. You know, these high ideals, uh, you know, sharing information on how to eat right or sharing information about how to overcome cancer or whatever the field is that they're interested in. That role and that information is what gives their life meaning and purpose is that they are, are learning, researching, growing, and then sharing and challenging and, and that's, you know, what drives, that's what drives them. Um, they're conscious of who is in the group of people that are experts and who is outside of the group. Um, and they may want to join groups that adhere to and promote their values and their beliefs. And that whole group thing is why I say sometimes this five could look like a six maybe because they're drawn to the groups uh, of people that are, you know, insiders. Um, they can have trouble relating to everyday people. <laughs> Um, 
they can have trouble relating uh, because if you're an expert, you know, then you're always going to relate to people as though they are your disciples or though they are as your students or as though they are ignorant. And that's why this five can sometimes look like a know-it-all and they can sometimes irritate people. Uh, they can be hard to teach. Um, these fives can be in classrooms and can be a challenge to teachers uh, because they they may know more than the teacher knows, at least about some aspects of the information. And when the teacher gets their facts incorrect or gets their dates incorrect or their pronunciation of the person's name incorrect that they're talking about, this five is going to feel compelled you know, to correct that information and really believes that they're helping the teacher they don't see that necessarily as the teacher might feel like they're being undermined by that student. Uh, this five is going to be un. This five is going to be uh, caught off guard when they're in trouble for correcting the teacher's facts. I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to correct you. Why wouldn't you want to know this? Why wouldn't this be helpful to you? Why wouldn't you accept this information? Okay. Um, so think Einstein. You know his what his teachers said he was unteachable. Okay. Now it wasn't that he. Uh, you know, it wasn't that he he wasn't teachable. Uh, it's just that Einstein probably needed to teach himself. Um, and so these fives are probably going to be drawn to information that they can access themselves. They're going to be frustrated by gatekeepers of information. They're going to, or information, they're going to be frustrated by, you know, having to go to a librarian and ask some librarian, you know, for the keys to knowledge. They want access to that information themselves and they want to invest their time and energy into learning that for themselves, they don't want to have to go to some gatekeeper, you know, um, to um, to access that information. So for this five, the social five, knowledge is power. Okay, knowledge is power. They want to become an expert in the field. Uh, they may come across as a little bit mysterious or a little bit inaccessible. They can be very sensitive, especially when they're shown that their information is incorrect or that they don't know as much as they think they know. <clears throat> or that they're not super smart um, because they're going to feel that they are super smart. Um, and so they can be very sensitive when they're shown that they don't know something or when they're shown that their knowledge isn't important. If somebody were to disdain them for their knowledge and say, oh my goodness, will you stop talking about cellular biology? No one cares. Th this is a family reunion. We don't want to hear your facts. We don't want to hear your information. Nobody cares about you know who played third base uh, you know, for the Minnesota Twins in 1974. Nobody cares about this information. Oh my goodness, will you stop? They can be very sensitive because in a sense, like they're, what they've created their identity around is being undermined and attacked as though it's not important. And so they can be very sensitive about this. They have a search for meaning in life and a disinterest in the ordinariness uh, of quote unquote normal life and can come across, like I said, as superior to others. Uh, they feel a connection with the other people in their group. Um, uh, they can come across condescending um, of those that are not in their group or those that don't have access to that information or don't have that information. They may be more committed to their ideals as intellectual truths than actually committed to them in their everyday life. So this can be a challenge for fives is, you know, think about it like the nurse or the doctor who's very committed to all of this information about health, but then goes outside on a smoke break, you know, drinks a lots of diet Pepsi, eats fried food, and you know, is 50 pounds overweight or 100 pounds overweight. So they're, they're, they agree to these intellectual truths and they believe them, 
but they may not filter down into their everyday living. So this might be the psychologist or the counselor or the psychiatrist who understands all these things about marriage and family and relationships, but then goes home disinterested in his own family, disinterested in her own kids, disinterested in her own marriage, not connected, disconnected from people, but yet they understand all the nuances of what makes relationships important. They don't practice them necessarily in their own life. This can happen very easily to this five. Um, disconnected from you know everyday life, disconnected from everyday relationships. Can tirelessly work to further a cause that they believe in or they believe has great impact on others. They can be passionately committed to their cause and focus all their energy on it, focus all of their attention on that, you know, and be very passionate about it, even to the point of the detriment to their own close relationships. Their relationships can go on a back burner because they're driven by their information, driven by their knowledge, driven by uh, their high ideals. They can struggle um, and may cut themselves off from relationships. So they may be very disconnected from the people around them. And it's kind of like whatever whatever strength I would have gained or whatever you know life credits I would have gained from my relationships have been shifted to knowledge and information. I get that energy and I get that supply from my knowledge and information and I get you know my mind revved from that because I don't get it necessarily from my relationships and from you know close connections with people. So that supply that most of us would get from relationships with people and interactions with people, they might shift away from people and get that from their, you know, their, their endless, tireless research um, and, and their commitment to, so, to, to information. They can isolate themselves in that way and they can feel alone and be lonely people um, and yet kind of not know what to do to get out of that loneliness uh, they may cut themselves off from relationships. They may so heavily invest themselves in a cause which brings meaning and purpose to their life and they're challenging others and they're helping others through their information that um, you know they can live life without having very much intimacy with others or connections with other people. They want to be someone important. They, they have a passion for knowledge and that compensates. That's the word. It can compensate. Their, their passion for knowledge can compensate their passion for for relationships and they might even think that through their knowledge they they're doing something more important you know that that any relationships they have if they can't help those people through information and by you know bringing the cure for the disease then what's the point of being having these relationships with people that you can't help you know through information and knowledge but they can suffer relationally because they cut themselves off and isolate themselves because of their their you know their disconnection from people, um, they need uh, the need for people has been replaced with a need for information. Again, I'm not saying this is a hundred percent true of anybody. I know that you have relationships. I know that you have and 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 I feel see guys, you fives, listen. I feel almost compelled even making a video like this, you know, to clarify everything I say. And that's part of what it is, the deal with you fives, is, is, is you, want, you want to jump in right now and say, well, actually, now, wait a minute, now, now, wait a minute, now, that's not, I actually, that's that stuff I'm talking about, is that need to clarify every point, that need to clarify every detail. That's what gets under teacher's skin. That's what gets under people's skin. That's what can make you prickly with people, like a cactus with people, is that need to clarify. I already know that in the comments of this video, I'm going to get, well, now, actually, now, actually, now, wait a minute now. That's a five, that, relax, okay? I'm speaking in generalities. 
I shouldn't have to clarify everything I say with any type. I, you know that this isn't going to be 100% for anybody, okay? And realize I'm not a five, so I can't speak from experience, okay? I'm not, I'm not in your shoes. I'm trying as best as I can from an outsider perspective to understand the information and share that information with you. And I realize I'm not the expert, okay? So take it down a notch. All right. Um, the need for, uh, uh, they hate small talk. They focus on the ideal, the essential, the sublime, rather than on what's available. So they might miss what's in front of them. They might miss, you know, what's available to them, especially in terms of relationships, because of their quest, their quest. That's a big word for a five. Their quest for information, their quest for, for, for perfection and knowledge and understanding and uh, their quest to bring information that heals and, and strengthens and encourages. They admire people who share their values and express the, their values. Now, I think there's a lot of examples of social fives out there in the entertainment. You know, I, I had no problem coming up with examples. And I don't know that these are 100%, um, but let me, let me just start with what comes to my mind. On the Modern Family Show, Alex, the girl, Alex, the daughter, She's a five. She's a social five. Dumbledore on Harry Potter, um, I think is a social five. Okay. Mysterious. That was one of the words. Mysterious. They come across as mysterious. There's people who are on the insiders, those that understand Hogwarts and understand all the spells and all that, and then those that don't. Okay. Uh, Dwight Schrute on, um, on um, The Office, uh, I think is a social five. Um excuse me, Sheldon Cooper on Big Bang Theory probably takes this to the, uh, you know, to the 10th power. Okay, Sheldon Cooper is a, a social five. He, he, he lives in that role of whatever he is, astrophysicist or theoretical physicist, and everything in his life, you know, is filtered from that perspective. Um, ben Shapiro, you know, uh, the radio host, um, is a five that looks like an eight, always challenging, you know, but very much in that five space of information. Um, I think that, uh, well, let's see, I think that's good. Let's just stop there with, with, with examples of people. All right, let's move to the sexual five, okay, or the one-on-one five. Uh, this is the five that, um, the first one, the self-preservation is all about boundaries, the castle, the walls. The second one's all about information and facts and who's on the inside and who's on the outside and huh, you don't know? Oh, oh my, you you don't know, I know, and the people I walk with know and you don't know. Okay, it's that five. This five is, is, is the counter five. This is the five that can look like uh, sometimes a four. This is the five that feels things more passionately or expresses those things more passionately and more clearly. This is the five that suffers this is the five that's more, this less detached from relationships, and and the focus of their attention is on the ideal relationship. Okay, so the other, so think, you know, the culture of let's say, um, um, what is the um, eHarmony? Okay, the culture of eHarmony that uh, we are going to put together, you know, this test, this assessment. And this assessment is going to lead you to the perfect idealized relationship that's out there for you. This is a sexual five culture, okay? Is that through assessments and through test taking and through information and data gathering, 
we can move people toward perfect relationships or e-harmony. We can move people to e-harmony. This is the culture of the sexual five, okay? Um, <clears throat> so the focus of the attention is on, on ideal relationship, okay? On the ideal partner, on the ideal romantic partner, okay? So trust and confidence is important to this five. This is called the secret agent five. I'm not sure I really understand that one. Um, confidentiality and confidence. Only the two of us share this unique role. So it's you and I. It's very one-on-one. -on -one. And so confidentiality is a word that's important to this five or a concept that's important to this five. I'm looking for someone with whom I can share all I am with. I'm looking for someone with whom I can share my, my, my total self with. Uh, all of my love and all of who I am with this person. So they are seeking an experience of trust with a worthy partner with whom they can express their idealistic, romantic um, uh, ideas, okay? More attention is on feelings and relationships than the other fives. This five still looks like a five. They don't really look like a four. They look like a five. Well, they might look a little bit like a four, but uh, they're still very much a five. More attention on feelings and relationships than the other fives. More connected to their feelings. And so when I have fives say, you said that we're detached from our feelings. Well, I'll have you know, maybe you're a sexual five because the sexual fives are more um, in tune with what they're feeling and more in tune with relationships than the other fives. More connected to their feelings. More of a need sensed for relationships in their life. So this five is more relationship-oriented than the other fives. They place special value on intimate connections with people, particularly an ideal partner. Um, they may be romantic, but they, uh, they, they may express that romanticism through the arts, through their creativity, through their writing, through their uh, directing or producing. I think of an example, maybe, I don't know this for sure, but maybe this is the five, the Stephen King five, the Tim Burton five, you know, that express uh, relationships and all of these passions through a creative outlet. Um, they seek a creative outlet like writing or visual or music um, They to, to express these high ideals. John Lennon is probably this five. I always thought John Lennon was a four, um, you know, from the Beatles. Um, think about him and Yoko Ono, right? Everywhere you looked, I mean, it was him and Yoko. Um, but from my research, uh, it, it looks like John Lennon might have been a five. Uh, if he was a five, he's probably this five. Um, so they seek a creative outlet. Well, who's more creative than John Lennon? The ideal... Uh, the, the ideal they pursue is the ideal relationship. They value their private space and they can be quite introverted. They prefer to express, um, you know, their romance uh, wordlessly, wordlessly, okay? Um, or maybe from a distance through a song or through a poem or through a medium like books or through, uh, you know, video, but maybe not directly, like looking into the eyes and passionately sharing your heart. That may feel a little too heavy-handed for this for this person. So they like to do it from a distance, just like the professor, you know, the, the social 
they want to communicate their information, but from a safe distance. An online professor is like the perfect job for the social five. Online professor, okay? So this is maybe the creative writer, uh, you know. Um, okay, so a strong desire to find that special relationship with a person with whom they can trust, with whom they can open up their heart, with whom they can be themselves with. So a need for closeness, but there's a fear of sharing more of themselves. And so there's an inner struggle within this five. They want that closeness, but they kind of fear opening up and sharing who they are. Um, more of themselves with somebody. They're very idealistic about that relationship and they may have trouble actually finding that perfect person. I, I would say they will have trouble. And even when they find that perfect person, they will realize pretty quickly that that perfect person is not perfect. Um, take my course you know, on getting over being perfect because none of us are. Um, so they're going to have a hard time. Whoever that they, they cast their eyes on, whoever fits that, you know, that perfect person for them will have a hard time living up to that idealized standard because nobody can. Nobody could possibly live up to your idealistic standard of being a perfect uh, companion. They can't. They can be passionate about the work they do. They want to connect with others, but those connections can often seem awkward because they are a five. Those connections can often seem awkward. Um, and even though they want to be connected and they want to be in relationship with people and they want to have a relationship, it may be hard for them to move to action because fives have a hard time moving to action and actually pull the trigger. So they may have this romantic attachment from a distance, from a distance. Now, I'm just telling you guys, that can look creepy sometimes. That can look creepy sometimes. Uh, you might come across as creepy sometimes because you could be overwhelmingly in tune with this person that you've never talked to, that you're afraid to actually walk up and ask out on a date, but you've got maybe pictures of them on your walls, pictures of them in your locker room. You're writing sonnets and songs and writing you know, letters to them that never get delivered. For most people, that's gonna look creepy. Okay, think maybe like Kip on Napoleon Dynamite, you know, don't be jealous. I've been chatting with babes online all day. Okay, that can look a little creepy to uh, uh, two people. And when they find out, you know, you got this wall, you know, in your secret closet with all these pictures of them, um, that that may be an off putting, you know, discovery for that person. They may not they may not be as, you know, um, flattered by that as you might think they would be. They might be just be creeped out by it. Okay, so they want to connect with others, but they can come across awkward at times and have trouble connecting. They can, they can become emotionally intense and expressive in the things that they do with very much passion and creativity. They work to create strong bonds with key people as a way of furthering their goals and advancing their common mission. They can be intense. They can be romantic. Uh, they can become very emotionally sensitive. This five suffers like a four, more than the other fives. Where the other fives may, are more emotionally detached. This five is more in tune with their emotions and can be overt about their desire to find the ideal relationship. They live in an inner world filled with ideas, theories, utopian fantasies, where they wanna find unconditional love and share themselves with a person. But their ideals can be so high that it can be hard for anybody to pass their tests, okay? Easily disappointed, they can continually test their partners, you know, to see if they're if they are who they said they are, if they will live up to these idealistic standards. 
Um, they can be very picky about their partner. They want someone that they have quote unquote chemistry with. Um, so they seek the ultimate union, even though they struggle themselves, you know, to be an ultimate ideal partner, they seek an ideal partner for themselves. Uh, their thoughts are clear in private, but when they actually try to speak out loud, sometimes they can get a little tongue tied and stumble over their words and stumble over what they want to say. They may know exactly what they want to say in private, but when they get on the public spotlight, they can kind of tense up, clam up, and not be able to share it clearly. It might be stutter, you know. So who comes to mind as examples of this in popular culture? If you watch The Office, I think Gabe might be an example of a sexual five. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, I, I think, you know, I kind of think of like a lot of negative examples of this sexual five. And I don't mean that to, to, to say this is a bad character because I don't think it is. Because I, I think... In any of these types, you might, you might, you know, like when I was talking about the fours, you know, the sexual four, I gave Scar and Ursula, you know, uh, what's his name, Snape, you know, those are examples of, uh, you don't, you don't have to act like that though. And to the degree that you don't let your impulses and compulsions drive you, you know, so even though I may give some negative examples, doesn't mean that that's who you are. It means that you might have that tendency, but if you, if you combat that impulse, then we ought to applaud you for not being, you know, a uh, kip on Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, I think that maybe um, uh, one of the best examples of this, and it's kind of obscure, you'd have to go back maybe and watch the movie again, but on The Corpse Bride, Dr. Uh, Finkelstein, or Dr. Finkelstein, he's basically Dr. Frankenstein, and he's trying to create, through the whole movie, he's trying to create the ideal partner, you know, by chopping up all these bits and pieces and putting them together, and he creates this ideal, perfect, perfect companion, a female, right? Who is like a mirror image of himself. That is a sexual five, in my opinion. If you want to know what a sexual five looks like, what we're talking about here, go watch The Corpse Bride, watch Dr. Finkelstein create, you know, the ideal partner, which is like a characterization of himself, okay? So think even like Dr. Frankenstein, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, that whole culture, I think, is the sexual five culture. I already said e-harmony, you know, when it's, when it's positive. Uh, but I think like maybe the Norman Bates, talk about creepy, right? The Norman Bates, maybe the Hannibal Lecter. I'd have to go back and watch that movie again, but that's what comes to mind. Um, is there anything else that I have on here? That's bad enough, isn't it? I mean, I've given you some pretty bad examples. Um, and again, if you're not behaving that way, then our hats are off to you. If you're working hard, you know, to just engage in mundane, normal life, uh, then and you're not like that, then, you know, if you're able to walk up and have a conversation with a woman or with the person, you know, of interest to you and, uh, and, and, you know, look them in the eyes and be direct and be straightforward and express your heart, then, you know, that might be a challenge. Uh, and so we applaud you. Okay. So again, uh, I hope this video is helpful to you. I hope it's encouraging to you. I hope you see some blind spots in yourself and that maybe these things are starting to connect and click with you, that all of us are a little bit broken, and I hope that this will help you be more present to life as it is in front of you. And I realize you fives have very high idealistic standards, um, but you know, real life doesn't always live up to those idealistic standards. And again, I'm not saying any of this from as an expert, so I'm not trying to be the leader of your tribe. You know, I'm not trying to to, to be the expert in the room. This is just some research that I've done that I bring to you 
uh, to help you or help you who live with fives to understand how you can better relate uh, to to the to the precious five that's in your life. Fives, we love you. You guys, you know, can, can be incredible, incredible people um, when you're present to life and healthy. Till I see you again. Thank you guys. Be present to life.